Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And while I normally have my lovely co-host, Jessica, by my side, today I am flying solo, and I am so looking forward to getting into this episode. First, I want to say thank you for listening today. It's a joy to have you joining me, and I hope that this episode finds you well. For me, this episode finds me sitting at my desk, a candle lit beside me, and something wonderful to sip on. I will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, I'm going to get into the pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where I will recount my highs and lows of the week starting with my thorn, something that left me feeling dry or depleted or frustrated this week, and finishing off with my rose, something that fostered my inner world, brought me joy, or built me up. So my thorn is a little bit lighter this week. My thorn is that every time I um, get into bed and, and start to read my book, I kind of immediately fall asleep. And while it's a nice thing to be able to know that I can always go to sleep if I just open my book, it's a little bit frustrating when I'm trying to just read one page and I I can't even get past it. So that's my thorn this week. But my rose, when this episode comes out, um, my husband, Nathan, and I will have celebrated our fourth wedding anniversary, which is just kind of crazy. I can't believe it's already been four years. But um, so we have this whole weekend plan, which I think is honestly the the way to celebrate, <laughs> plan a few days of, of celebration. Um, and so, so we're going to be kicking it off first by going to a small concert um, for one of our favorite artists that I actually, as I look back, I remember um, Nathan introduced me to this artist when when we had first started dating, and I, I remember sitting in the car and going, I really like this singer. He's, I, I like his songs a lot. And so he's kind of been there, this artist, throughout our relationship. It's kind of a, a, a wonderful thing to go and finally see him perform live together. And then after that, um, the next day, we will be driving out to the desert. So there is this area, maybe people who are in California or have been know what Joshua Tree is, but there's this um, area, if you drive inland, uh, it's just absolutely beautiful, um, this desert area. It's covered with these um, these big, beautiful rocks. And I've actually never been myself. I've only ever seen pictures. And so I am very, very excited to head out there. And then after that, we, we've planned to... Um, find a a nice little local restaurant to go to and just enjoy our time. And honestly, what I'm most excited about is just having reached this, um, this mark of four whole years of marriage. It's, um, just such an exciting thing to be celebrating. 
Alright, so just a couple of things before I go ahead and go into the letter for this week. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving a review. It helps so very much to boost the podcast and get it in front of the people who might enjoy it and get something from it and maybe even identify with the letter that week and make sure to share it with a friend. And lastly, I would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Or if you're on the Wallflower uh, website, you can go to the podcast tab and send in your letter that way. Okay, so let's move on to the letter for today, which covers a subject of getting over someone that you still have love for. Dear Wallflower, I am writing to ask how, as a Christian woman seeking to love as Christ does, I am supposed to let go of the man I love after he broke my heart. I fully recognize his failings. I don't seek to excuse the wrong he did. But when my friends tell me he's a loser, forget about him. He's not worth thinking about. I can't seem to find Christ's love in their statements. I know God extends endless grace to him. What does it look like for me to extend that grace to him while protecting my own heart from further harm? How can I still love him and yet keep my distance? Most of all, how do I teach my heart to stop dreaming that one day he will heal and come back to me? How do I let go of him, whom I've loved most of my life, while still acknowledging that I will always love him? How do I resign myself to not being able to help him, to having to watch from afar as he loses himself more and more? In short, how does one bear the loss of one they loved who chose to leave them? We see the God-given worth and wonder in those we love. We see all they could be, and we stick with them in spite of their failings. So how to let go? Best wishes from an Eleanor Marion Dashwood. So first, before I I get into anything, I want to thank this writer for sending this question in and being so open with what she's going through. And what I notice is that there are a few questions rolled into this letter and they're very big. And so I'm going to do my best to address them. So I want to acknowledge, of course, first, that these are really difficult and complex and painful waters to wade through. And while I don't know the specifics of how he broke her heart, she is clearly hurting still. And so for that reason, I really want to try to handle this letter with care. The first thing I'll go into is that her friends are obviously attempting to help her by talking her ex down, you know, saying he's Um, not even worth thinking about, just to forget all about him. But our writer expresses that this approach doesn't really resonate with her. And my guess is that that could be because she doesn't find those statements to be true. While our writer does say that she acknowledges his feelings and doesn't want to excuse his behavior, she still doesn't believe that he's not even worth thinking about she still sees the value in him because to her, 
it sounds like he was once everything and like he still holds a very special place in her heart despite the actions and choices of his that led to their breakup. And I actually think this can be positive because it's easier to cast someone under a totally black and white filter and to immediately zero in on all of their faults the moment things go south. This is what's called dichotomous thinking, which is essentially when our thought patterns feel the need to assign a label of either good or bad to someone, which, by the way, a lot of us do this. It's, it's an understandable thing. And um, this tendency of ours as, a hum- as humans makes me um, think of a movie that I've seen many times in which a guy and a girl are dating and he is head over heels for her. He's obviously the one that's far more invested in the relationship and interested in her. And so later on in this movie, she breaks up with him. And while earlier in the film, there was a sequence where he talks about all the things that he loves about her, um, her hair, her smile, her laugh, the way she speaks. Suddenly, after he, after she breaks up with him, he goes through these exact things that he once loved and talks about how much he hates them now. So suddenly her beautiful laugh that was once, you know, um, as, as beautiful as, as Beethoven's symphony is an ugly cackle and, and so on and so forth. And, um, what we see as an audience is of course, a really understandable reaction to having your heart broken. But what we also understand is that he's being immature and dishonest with himself. He's still in love with her, but he feels the need to lie to himself and cast her under a black and white or a good and bad filter. So getting back to our writer situation, what I notice is that she's staying away from this kind of thinking, which is, I think it can be a positive thing. It's healthy to offer um, someone context and to desire to show them grace. However, this is also leaving her with a lot of questions, like how can I extend grace to him while protecting myself from further harm? How do I love him while keeping my distance? And so these are really wonderful questions that I want to dive into. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Scripture does encourage us to extend grace but it also makes sure to tell us that above all else, we ought to guard our hearts. So when it comes to extending this person grace, I think to do it wisely um, and carefully, it, it may be best for her to limit contact with him. And I say this because it's so much more difficult to disentangle our hearts when we are still in regular contact. And I, you know, I don't know if they're still talking, um, but if they are, I would maybe advise limiting that. Um, It's entirely possible to care for someone and to want their best and to hope that things take a turn for a better and to take being in contact off the table. And another thing that came to mind that I would love to encourage a writer to do is to create a really full and beautiful life for herself. I don't know what her social life looks like or what her relationship with her family is like or if she has a strong community at church, but I have found that one of the best ways to feel the freedom to love someone from afar 
you know, when, when it's unhealthy to have this person in my life, but I still love them, um, is to have a full and beautiful life that you are happy to be living. And so this can mean taking up hobbies, saying yes more often to friends or volunteering at church, because I think part of what can cause our hearts to hurt so deeply when we have lost a relationship that we treasured is feeling that void and that hole where that relationship used to be. And I know from personal experience, when we have nothing to fill that void with, we suffer. So getting into our writer's question about um, how she can stop dreaming that he will eventually come back to her or accepting that she can't help him, something that I personally have found to be helpful when I have felt hurt and rejected by someone, and I'm talking about any kind of relationship that we might have, friendships, anything. Um, What has been helpful for me when I have felt hurt or abandoned or rejected is to understand that for a relationship to be good and healthy and beautiful, both people have to want to be there. That's the kind of relationship we want, right? Whether it's romantic or platonic, um, even familial, we want to be in relationship with people who desire to know us and love us and respect us and cherish us. Um, there is this um, TikToker that makes these videos where she's obviously trying to be funny, but she says things along the lines of, um, you know, if my future husband doesn't take me to get a nice coffee and a pastry and then go to Home Goods and a bookstore and a, puff, a puppy farm, then I don't want it. And again, she's being hyperbolic and silly, but I think um, there's actually something good in there. And it's this idea of if this person doesn't cherish me and treat me with respect, et cetera, et cetera, then I don't want it. And I think that's actually such a wonderful and powerful way to think to not even want something that isn't good for you, to not even want a relationship with a person who isn't Um, being good to you. And I think it's natural to hope and wish that someone we care about will change their ways and choose us. But ultimately, this is the hard part. We have no control over whether um, someone chooses to become healthier. That's up to them. And similarly, God loves us and extends us endless grace, but he also desires that we choose to turn away from sin and follow him. We have to make the decision to follow God. He can't make us or force us or um, convince us to. That's up to us. And that's how relationships work. So what I hope is that our writer can find that her desire to find a healthy relationship um, to be stronger than her desire to salvage this particular relationship. And again, I don't know the specifics. It's very clear that this person was very dear to her, and this is so much easier said than done. But ultimately, it's my hope that she can move in the direction of health and happiness, however that might look for her going forward. And once again, I want to thank her for sending this letter in that I assume was difficult 
to put together and find the right words for. So thank you. And it's time now for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where I'm going to suggest to you something that I have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made life all the more beautiful. And everything that I suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So my suggestion this week, if you are anything like me, you love baking. There is just something so therapeutic about being in the kitchen and uh, mixing ingredients together and watching something lovely uh, and scrumptious come together. And so with Thanksgiving coming up, I figured some listeners might be wanting a recipe suggestion. And so I would like to suggest a recipe for a maple pumpkin pie with cinnamon whipped cream. It is just as delectable as it sounds, and if you've had plain pie for just a few too many years in a row, this recipe offers a nice twist on a classic. All right, so that's the episode for today. If you want to get in contact with me, which I would love, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal for articles about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you again after a short Thanksgiving break. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.